This is the Revolution Leadership Podcast. My name is Chris and I'm your host. And here we believe that everything in a culture ultimately rises and falls because of its leaders. I'll be sharing with you proven principles, practical examples, and relevant stories in order to inspire and equip you to lead wherever you are. Welcome to the show. All right, so we're here with another episode of the Revolution Leadership Podcast, and I'm here with my friend Caleb Shadel. It's a pleasure to have you here, man. I am excited about this episode. Caleb is an awesome guy. Uh, he's actually a respected leader. I really think you are, man. <laughs> Thank you. And Appreciate good that. Friend. Good friend. So, um, Caleb, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and maybe one or two of your hobbies. Sure. Um, so obviously we met at Karis Bible College. Um, actually, we might have met after Karis Bible College. I don't know if we actually met while I was there. I think that's accurate. Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> that's more than often the cases in Bible colleges. You just network really well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we met there. Um, I had the intention of becoming a youth pastor. Um, that's been kind of my whole entire goal since right out of high school. It was the expectation of family in my mind. It was mm. uh, my expectation. I felt like that was the call. Um, and for various reasons, I am no longer pursuing that. And that's, uh, I think, thanks to some counseling, which I'm a really big fan of inner healing and counseling, hmm. um, I was able to redirect and notice that there was more family pushing more than, or at least my expectation of family pushing. I don't know if that was actually the case. Yeah. Um, so currently, um, I am in the Air National Guard with Colorado, uh, the 140th unit. Um, and I am security forces, which is 3POX1 is our AFSC if you want to get, you know, uh, detailed. Yep. Um, yeah, and it's been a very, it's been a cool kind of transition. Right now I'm temporary working for them full time. So I'll be working with them until December 1st, okay. kind of as a transition. Uh, and then I'll probably be going back to school after that. Cool. Uh, so yeah, it's, uh, it's been a weird kind of phase right now. I think God has me in a transition phase for sure. Um, leadership is always something I'm, I'm, I've been passionate about, um, but going through some military training recently, uh, God really opened up like leadership is not what I thought it was. Mm. Um, and I've been, man, just humbled and and we, we'll get into that later. Uh, but what else do you say? Uh, hobbies? Um, yeah, just what, like do you, what do you enjoy doing? Um, dude, I love... I mean, I know. <laughs> yeah, I love long-distance bicycling. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I've biked across the country twice now. Um, I biked from Delaware to the Florida Keys in 2012. And then in 2015, I actually rode my bicycle to Karis. Okay. Um, so the plan at that point was, you know, I just started learning about the Holy Spirit being more active in our lives. Yeah. Um, and kind of being raised Baptist in, in, in the Mennonite Church and a few other things. Um, I didn't really... I didn't understand the Holy Spirit was actually active. Hmm. He was just a thing. And so I was determined to get on my bicycle, ride across the country, spend the first few weeks in silence and just demand God spoke to me. And Dang. if like, I'm gonna be on a bicycle for 12 hours a day, like God, you're gonna speak or, or I'm gonna prove you wrong. Mm -hmm. um, and so God did a lot of really incredible things on that bike ride, coming out to Karis, uh, provided time and time again, people giving me free money, people paying for lunch. Um, a, just some really cool miracles just mm. happening on that ride. Uh, and then ultimately I got to ca to Colorado and instead of going to California, I stayed in Colorado and mm. started and actually went to Karis. Um, so huge, love bicycling. Um, I'm actually maybe contemplating a, a bike tour from San Diego to St. Augustine okay. um, next winter after Sweet. kind of I, I finish this assignment because I'll have the extra money and the time. So why not summer? Uh, but just because of the timing. 
Okay. Like you obviously you can't work a full time job and then take off three months to bike across the country. Right. So I'll be transitioning out of jobs in St. Augustine to San Diego while it'll be warmer in the winter. Got so it. um still cold, but uh it'd be nice. So Sweet. that's definitely my top my top hobby. Um and then I also I love reading. I'm always reading books. Um I love self growth books, learning books, um, psychology and counseling, self improvement. Um so uh, favorite book, Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. Oh okay. my gosh, so amazing. Never read it. Sounds it's good. amazing. Cool. Sweet, man. So biking, and then I don't think you mentioned but you're in the Air Guard, so you're with the Air Force. Yeah, so yeah, so I'm with the 140th unit up in um, Buckley Air Force Base, so Denver, Colorado, Aurora area. Um, I am a security forces airman right now okay um and basically what that is it's your military cop uh a little bit different than army and navy per se is we actually have a bigger bigger career field i would say um somebody might argue with that but essentially we do law enforcement we do security for our jets we do security for satellites and um um what else I mean, a million different things security-wise. Then we also man our nuclear facilities, so we have to do security on nuclear facilities. Um, and you, you can the career field can go much deeper. You can be on planes protecting planes, kind of like uh, TSA agents do and whatnot. Got it. But you're protecting that plane. If it lands, you can do runway, like go out and prep a runway that hasn't been built yet. You can kind of help them secure that. So there's a lot. My specific job in Buckley is just to uh, be security for... Um, our alert aircraft. So basically, if there's another 9-11 incident, we always have aircraft that are ready to go to protect the United States. Um, and I just, I do security for those. And, and it's been a huge blessing uh, to be in that position because there's just a lot of opportunities that come with the Guard, mm-hmm. um, as we've talked about before. Yeah, It's been a huge blessing from free schooling to free healthcare to all sorts of stuff. I say free, but I mean, I did sign a contract for six years. <laughs> right. So relatively, uh, free. Yeah, relatively <laughs> free. So yeah, it's uh, it's pretty amazing. But yeah, we basically just protect, defend and fight for the Air Force. Cool. Awesome, man. So um, tell us maybe, I mean, I can imagine, you know, being in the Air Guard, I'm sure that you have plenty of stories pertaining to leadership, especially as you um, got out of basic training is that yeah correct? so i got back from basic in tech school about six months uh january 14th is when i got back here okay so still new yeah still man i would love to hear uh one or two stories of leadership that um stick out to you just from your experience that maybe you could talk to a little bit uh relate to our listeners and, and maybe teach a thing or two sure uh so i ever since i was a kid honestly or well i should say high school um, I, I love leadership. I always wanted to lead. I always felt like I had the natural ability to lead. Hmm. Um, and I always thought it was this cool thing. You know, you can, you can lead, whatever. But I think through some past experiences, both with careers, um, with ministries I've worked with, I just kept seeing some failure within the leadership sphere of me and hmm. also being able to follow leaders and do other stuff like that. So when I went into basic tech school, I knew they were going to ask for leaders. And I was like, heck no, not doing this. Um, I don't want to be in leadership. I just want to learn to be a follower. I, I, I felt like I needed to hide my ability to lead huh. and learn to be a follower to be a better leader. Sure. And as we know, it is good to be a good leader. You, you need to learn how to follow as well. Yeah. But I think God really, God really opened up some incredible things during this time. So once you get through basic training, you get to tech school, which is your actual job. 
um, and you start training that job. And I ended up being in charge of about 70 people mm. um, with a team of other leaders as well. And that was not my intention at first. At first, I was like, I'm not gonna lead at all, but I had multiple um, other airmen at the time who were like, hey, we want you to, to apply for the leadership position. Because mm. I was already kind of being vocal, kind of like, hey guys, let's just get things going. You know, just sure. that natural leader yeah. vibe. Yeah. Um, and, and as that kind of happened, they were asking me to do it. And I was like, wishy-washy, didn't really want to do it, but you know, if a bunch of people ask you to, you're like, okay, fine. So I ended up doing it. Mm against my better kind of like judgment. Yeah. Um, and that was, I don't know if that was a God thing that he was pushing me into or if I was just going against my own thought or, or whatnot, sure. but that was the beginning of God really revealing some important aspects of leadership. So basically as we started going, um, leadership was, difficult because you say one thing and then somebody's going to question you sure and then you make a decision and then they push back against that decision or that's a lot of the military uh, yeah right <laughs> um no I, honestly it was actually pretty good yeah. um, the military most of the time everything they asked you to do they had a reason for it mm. and that was not what i expected going in i thought it was going to be like hey sweep up that sand on the floor <laughs> and then dump it out and sweep it up again yeah um there was none of that what <laughs> i went through i know there's plenty of that especially in the army mm-hmm. um but being in the leadership role was difficult for me because all of a sudden I started realize, realizing how unglamorous leadership was. Mm. Leadership, people are pushing at you. People, it's uncomfortable. You have to make a decision and then deal with it. Yeah. Um, so for me, you know, I'd make a decision about timing. You know, we're going to be here 10 minutes early just in case something happens. We are going to, we're going to split the group up into two groups for this specific activity. We are going to do X, Y, and Z. And all those decisions fall on me and the responsibility falls on me. So if something goes wrong, I'm the one who gets in trouble, sure. not necessarily the team. Sure. So I think as I kind of went through that, um, God started teaching me specifically that leadership it's not about hiding who you are as a leader, mm. which I thought at the beginning, I needed to hide myself as a leader. It was about experiencing what leadership is. Mm. And leadership is not glamorous. And, and I'm really focusing and hitting hard on this, like leadership is not pretty. We hear it time and time again, but I didn't know that until I got into this position. You know, 70 mm. people, that's a lot. Yeah. Um, and, you know, ultimately I had to wrestle with this idea that, you know, God, maybe helped me get into that position, not because I needed to learn leadership, but I needed to experience what leaders in my life hmm. had experienced. So when I say that people were pushing back against me when I made a decision, I did the exact same thing against the leaders of my life in the past, whether that was nonprofits huh. or ministries or whatever. I was pushing back against them. I was asking hard questions. And that's good to do. Again, there, there's you do want to have some of that, yeah. but you need to have respect while you're doing that. And so um, it was a huge lesson of humility um, in leadership. And I think if we can grasp that humility and understand how hard leadership is, mm. we're going to start getting that kind of, we're going to get a better grasp on how to lead. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was that, it was that humility that I was really learning from that. Um, but yeah, that's good, man. So it was not, yeah, you kind of, you kind of had me on a cliffhanger there. Cause you said leadership is not what I thought it was. And I was like, Ooh, I want to hear more about that. Hey guys, this is Chris with just a couple quick reminders. First, if you want to be on the show, I would love to have you. 
We're doing a Q&A segment where we tackle your questions pertaining to leadership, so be sure to leave us your question in the link below. Second, if you're receiving value from the show, please consider partnering with us so we can continue to raise up young leaders and be sure to like, comment, subscribe, share, and leave us a positive review on your preferred platform. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy the rest of this episode. Yeah, so I think leadership, we often want to be in leadership. Maybe this is, is subliminal messaging to our, ourselves, but I think we want to do it because we can control the environment. Huh. You know, I want to be a leader because I can control what happens. Sure. Um, you could be some pride or, or just confidence in yourself. Like, hey, I want to be a leader because I genuinely believe I can do things better. Um, and, and those are all true for me, for sure. Um, but now I'm like, holy cow, I don't like leadership is freaking hard. And I don't really want to do leadership, but God has given me a gift to lead. Hmm. And so I'm trying to figure out where that plays in right now. Yeah. Uh, but I think, yeah, I think we often we're diluted into thinking leadership is just about being in control, being in charge, which, hey, being in charge and being a leader are very different things. My One of my favorite books outside of uh, Power of Habit is How to Lead When You're Not in Charge by Clay Scroggins. Huh. Uh, he took over for Andy Stanley. Okay. Um, and his, I mean, that was my thing. I didn't know how to lead and be a leader when I wasn't in charge. And so I'm now, and so I thought I had to be a follower, but now I realize it's not necessarily about learning how to be a follower. It's about learning what true leadership is, mm. which is, hey, leaders get yelled at all the time. Leaders get pushed back all the time. When you start to learn that, and you start to get that pushback yourself, all of a sudden you have a lot more humility and understanding mm. to be under another leader. Yeah. And so now you're not doing those things. Now you are becoming a better follower yeah. because you have that understanding of what that leader went through. Right. And that was, man, it was just an eye-opening experience of leadership. Um, really grateful for that lesson that was taught to me. And, and I know it's kind of annoying when people are like, oh, you learn humility from leadership. Like, yeah, of course, but it really is. I mean, I remember I wrote a letter to the former company I worked at apologizing for wow. just the way that I wow. pushed back against them and the way that I, I needed to drive forward and organize because I was like, holy cow, like this is exhausting what I'm going through. Hmm. And that's exactly what I like did having you guys. something, someone underneath you who was like the same way that you were when you were working for someone. That's exactly <laughs> it. It was just, I literally, God was like tearing down this veil and just being like, hey, what you're angry about right now is exactly what you've done to leaders in your past. Hmm. And, and I think when you can finally start to recognize that, again, life is about recognizing things and yeah. bringing things to light. I mean, we see it in scripture. Yeah. You bring things to light, and when you bring things to light, the darkness can't stand. Hmm. So I just think that's a powerful concept. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. Man, that's good. Yeah, leadership. I think it's easy, too, because I th leadership is one of those things that's so glamorized, I think, and marketed. You know, you see the guy in front and you're like, oh, that's what it means to lead. It's to be up front. It's to have the stuff. It's to control the situation. And yeah, there's elements of that. But dang, dude, you're right. Like you're taking the brunt of responsibility. If you're leading people, that responsibility for whatever happens falls on you. And, and you have to recognize that. You say, yeah. hey, I'm going to make this decision. Y'all can disagree with me. But the reality is, hey, I, this might not work. And if it doesn't work, I need to own the fact that I made a wrong decision. I need yeah. to apologize to my team. I, I did the best with what I could do. But you also have to maintain like, hey, you're the leader. So you need to maintain you know, that, that confidence in your decision. Yeah. You know, don't waver from that decision. Stay mm -hmm. with the decision, walk forward. Yeah. Um, but don't, you know, humility. Don't bash it around, which I'm sure, you know, there's a lot of people on my team who didn't like me mm. <laughs> because, you know, I'm enforcing rules, but I'm also, you know, I'm struggling with pride. I'm struggling with things like that. Mm. And you just have to, you know, you have to acknowledge like, hey, 
you know, I'm not perfect. I'm, I'm working this and, I, and I'm doing the best I can with what God's given me. Yeah. But yeah, I think leadership is, man, it's just a beautiful thing when you truly start to see leadership hmm. kind of solidify in your life. Yeah, yeah. You said something earlier. You said you knew that you were kind of cut out to be a leader and you were a little hesitant to like totally go into that role. So I'm curious what, you know, if someone was asking you, hey, how do I know I'm a leader? What are maybe some indicators that you might be called to leadership in your experience? That's a great question. Um, so I think one of them is initiative. Hmm. If you're if you're always willing to take initiative, again, this isn't always the case, but I think th- this is probably just something largely. If you're always willing to take initiative for something, you see weakness or you see uh, breakdowns or you see errors hmm. naturally. Hmm. I think that that really is a good indicator that hey, maybe you are you have a, a really good um, foundation to begin training to be a leader or a good foundation to begin you know stepping into some other things. We talked a little bit about earlier, but leadership is not being in charge. Yeah. And one of the hardest things, especially for a natural leader to do, hmm. is to lead when they're not in charge. Hmm. Because they're gonna start stepping on toes, they're gonna start you know, being coming off as forceful. And the, the real, the truth is like, if you can lead from influence, yeah, then you can be a leader in the bottom of the pile. Yeah. I mean, if you have influence on that bottom, if you are a janitor in a Fortune 500 company and you have influence, that the entire people you know, what, uh, right above you or that entire first floor of you know, assistance and whatnot, they all respect you. Mm-hmm. You have more influence to them than the CEO has on them. A janitor has more influence on the first floor of people if he has influence over them than the CEO. Yeah. And that is, an, I mean, that is a powerful statement right there. Yeah. And so I think if you naturally influence people, that's another one. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I naturally influence people, um, but I definitely care for people. Yeah. And if you care for people, I think that's another one too. Yeah. I mean, how, how do you not lead people if you don't care for them? Yeah. Well, and I believe that you are called to be a leader in whatever sphere or grace, if you're using Christian language, that you've been called to. So I really think, I'm, I believe that everyone, in a sense, is called to be a leader. The trick is finding out what is that sphere that you're called to lead sure. in. Sure. Because it ultimately, it starts with you, right? Everyone is given the ability and um, the obligation to lead themselves first and You foremost. have to lead yourself. Right? There might be other people who are gifted in areas of leadership maybe being out in front being the public speaker or the you know type a driven you know let's go into the fight type guy you know there's also people who might be leaders in the areas of you know intellect or you know philosophy or whatever it just depends on where you kind of find your niche so i think that's half the battle is figuring out okay where am i actually called to lead and where are people being influenced by what i'm giving yeah um so that's it's a good segue. Um, you you kind of mentioned that you were, uh, you know, the guy that uh, you despised once you got into leadership. So um, if you were giving advice to someone who wants to be a leader, you know, who's up and coming, maybe who's younger, uh, maybe if you could talk to yourself, you know, <laughs> five years ago or something, what would you what would you tell them? Are uh, you know what what would be some good advice to follow? You know, it's tough because the first one I would say is really wrap your brain around the fact that leadership is not leadership is not a crown on your head. Mm. It's a, it's almost a burden. Mm. You know, what is, what's the old phrase that uh, heavy is the head that wears the crown? Mm-hmm. You know, man, if I could just knock that into people's head. Yeah. You know, it's not 
it's not easy. And unfortunately, it's not something I can tell somebody that. I can tell my old self that, but I would have never noticed it until I went and did this, you know, yeah. training with the Air Force. Um, and I don't, to be clear, I don't speak for the Air Force when I'm saying anything today. Sure. Uh, this is all my personal opinions. Yeah. Um, but it's not, it's not about the glamour or the level or the authority. It's not about any of that. Mm. It's about being able to serve people. Yeah. Because all it's like sales. So I, I used to do a lot of sales. Good sales is not about pushing people. It's about showing them that they need something. Mm. And it's helping them realize that. Mm. Because they might not know that they need something. And leadership is the same way. You are there to serve them. You are there to help them and guide them and create mm. more leaders. Yeah. Um, and so ultimately, I would just try to help them realize that, you know, just like, I mean, look at Moses. Moses dealt with this all the time. Yeah. You know, people bickering, people coming to him. And he was like, God, like, what the heck? Like, s these people are so stupid, right? At least that's the Caleb version. Yep. <laughs> um, and, you know, he had to deal with all this stuff. Constantly people rebelling. And eventually he did the proper thing of splitting everybody up, multiple leaders and all the other things. Um, I'd probably say another one is this, and this is one, a huge lesson I learned. Discipline first and set standards early. Mm. So basically when we were in school, um, we went probably the first month and a half to two months without really setting discipline standards, partly on my fault, but partly because we had leaders within our team, like um, actual sergeants changing. So some of them were like, hey, don't pull the dis disciplinary cards. Don't, um, don't do that. We're just gonna PT everybody if they screw up. We're just gonna do a lot of exercises. Yeah. Um, and then finally halfway through, we got a sergeant who was like, no, I want these. This is the only way that I can see if people are actually being a part of the team. Huh. So I started pulling those things and the, the trajectory of the team was already going the way it was. Hmm. I started pulling those, people were getting in trouble, but the team was still struggling. Now we had a great team in general, so I was really thankful for that. But that trajectory was already set in motion. So as a leader, you have to understand that discipline is love. Discipline is great. Mm. And discipline, if you if you discipline people, it shows that you care for them. Right. Think look at kids who are raised with parents who don't, you know, who aren't there. Yeah. They don't know love because their parents don't care. They're right. not, you know, they're not disciplining or anything. Yeah. And so I'd really urge people who are, you know, some advice to give you would be discipline early and set standards early and hold that. Mm. And then as you get along, those things will start disappearing because you've already set the trajectory and the motion of the team. There's already the expectations in play. Yeah. Whereas if you wait longer, then you're gonna start doing that. People are gonna start not liking you. You're gonna have a harder time with the team. Um, and so I really think, you know, discipline early, set standards early, hmm. because ultimately that's love. And yeah. people wanna be loved. Totally. You know? Yeah, I think I think it's, you know, a lot of times it's perception. You know, some sometimes People will think that it's control, but it's not. It's like, hey, I'm actually providing structure in order for you to grow and flourish, you know? And there's a huge difference between discipline and punishment. Um, Absolutely. And a lot of times that gets confused. You know, I think I would say maybe a bad leader is someone who would punish instead of discipline. Um, but yeah, discipline is a is a great thing and it helps you improve, it helps you grow, so. I, we really, we have a bad, as a culture, we don't have a good concept of discipline. Mm. I think that's really true. Mm. Especially because parents aren't in the house anymore. Parents don't know how to discipline. Um, I think we were, we were both raising in excellent families where, yeah. you know, we you know, so it was really funny. I thought, I mean, we weren't bad kids, but I thought we were like spanked a ton as kids. <laughs> like I knew my parents did it. And uh, 
but I was talking to my parents the other day and they're like, we almost never like spanked you guys. Like we, and I was like, well then how did we do the right thing? Like how, how did we like get on the right track? And you know, it's just the way that my parents led. Mm. You know, my parents led from an expe- expectation of, hey, we need to learn to love and forgive. Yeah. Uh, and then ultimately, you know, grace leads us to repentance, but also that, that love leads us to want to act in incorrect ways. Yeah. And so when you see your parents loving you and giving you opportunities, you know, you're going to want to please them. You're going to want to do well. Yeah. And I, the same thing goes for God, obviously. Yeah. And obviously that sticks around too, because you realize it's like training up a child in the way that they should go. And whether you want to or not, man, you look back and you go, wow, they modeled something really good. And I want to try and model that as well. And, and isn't that the beauty? That's what leadership is. Right. We literally, we lead to create other leaders. So we need to learn how to love those people in our, in our I would say stewardship, because mm-hmm. we're stewarding people. Yeah. Um, we need to lead those people well, love them well, so they want to serve and help us. And then we're also, we're showing them. And that's, you know, again, not speaking for the Air Force at all. Yeah. But I think that's the big thing with leadership in the military. Mm. If we can show love while being disciplined, yeah. if we can show that love, then we're going to create leaders that will show that love. Not yeah. leaders that are you know, slamming their hand down and forcing people to do things, right. but you are actually creating mentorship and, and love for that leader, and that person will work you know, even harder to you know, imitate and mimic you. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna switch up the order of the questions real okay. quick, but... Um, just when it comes to maybe imitating someone you would want to imitate, um, what are what's like one or two leaders that you look up to, um, fictional or real? You know, it can be whoever, um, dead or alive. Okay, so um, I'm changing this from what I originally said. That's fine, said. man. Go for it. Um, I will say the one because um, I think books are really important, and so he's a leader and an author, uh, Seth Godin. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wrote Purple Cow. He wrote uh, he wrote Tribes. Yep. Um, fantastic. I, I would say marketing guru. Mm. Uh, Purple Cow is all about how to be remarkable, and I mm. think that's really important as a leader, um, without being prideful. But you need to stand out. Yeah. You need to be the best that you can be. Yeah. Like you were created to be amazing, so be amazing. Mm. God created you with that that ability. Um, so Seth Godin for sure. But bring it to a real thing. Uh, so my. I consider him a mentor. He's now a friend. Um, he's always been a friend. But uh, Dave Conklin, he, he runs Conklin Media in Pennsylvania. Okay. So when I turned 21 or 22, he calls me up and he's like, hey, so just picture this. When I was 22, he just recently got married. He, uh, he, his wife had two twin girls that were like two or three at the time. And he was starting a company. Dang. And he was 22. Wow. And, and so I have walked with him um, through spiritual stuff, through marriage stuff, through um, life stuff, through business stuff. And this man is the, he is so humble, which I'm sure he would, I'm sure he would say a bunch of stuff like this isn't true, but no, the, he is so humble. He's an amazing father. And, and what's really cool is as I've seen him grow over the last couple of years, I've seen him become a better father. Mm. I've seen him lean into Christ and you know develop his relationship with God. I've seen him take his company and serve other people through that company. Mm. Um, and he is just, he's an incredible guy. Um, if, you, like, if you need marketing, he's great to go to. Um, but I, I respect him so much as a leader. Uh, I think he just wrote his first book. Uh, I wanna say it's Lost at 40,000 Feet, I think is what it's called. Okay. Um, but he's just one of those guys who is like, you know, you ha- you have those few people in your life who believe you can be better. I remember he specifically asked me when we were driving through his old neighborhood. He's like, Caleb, if I told you how to make a million dollars, do you think you could make it? And I was like, no. 
He's like, if I, if I tell you how, step-by-step step, to make a million dollars, do you think you could? And I was like, no, I, I don't know how to do that. And, and that was the first, he's like, that's a poverty mindset. Hmm. He's like, you don't have to, you know, you, you just need to be able to be like, hey, yes, that's possible for my life. And, and so he just, he changed the, the view of myself. He was the first person who was like, Caleb, I'm a fan of you. I support you, I support you whatever you do. Mm. When I end up leaving working for him and biking across the country, which most people would be like, that's insane. He was like, hey, I support you. If you feel like that's God's calling for you, go for go it. Go for it, yeah. So having those people in your life that see you as you truly are, man, mm. that's that's a beautiful thing. And I know not everybody has that, and you need to search it out. When I first started, I got back from the Wilderness Bible School I went to in 2012, and I started praying, hey God, Show me somebody who I can connect with, who can mentor me, who can be a friend, who can do that stuff. And and literally, I sat in church that Sunday, and he was singing on the worship team. Mm. And God just highlighted him. That's cool. And I went up to him afterwards, and and was like, "Hey, let's talk." Yeah. And you know, I sought him out, and then it became this beautiful friendship. And mm. I, I'm going to see him in August. I'm super excited. That's cool. Um, but yeah, he is he's an amazing leader. That's awesome. amazing guy. That's cool. Can't talk about him enough. Obviously. That's good, man. All right, so. Kind of wrapping up, final final interrogation here. Um, what if you owned a fortune cookie company and you were in charge of printing the little slips of paper that went inside the fortune cookies? What are one or two kind of eternal nuggets of truth that you would print on that paper that would transcend time, generation, pertaining to leadership, or maybe just in general? Don't hide your gift. Don't hide yourself. Mm. I think especially you know going into this leadership thing i was like hey i need to hide my leadership ability hmm. i need to not do this and i need to do something else to fix myself right huh. and that was the wrong thing to say yeah and thankfully god kind of pushed through and, and opened some things up but don't hide who you are don't hide yep don't hide who you are don't hide your gifting. Yeah. God created you uniquely. He created you as a human. Mm. He says to bring heaven on earth. And I'm bringing a lot of spiritual connotations because that's, you know, that's yeah. my life. But yeah. he, he's bringing heaven to earth because we are humans. Yeah. There's a song on the radio right now that drives me crazy all the time. <laughs> um, and it basically says, help me to be more like Jesus and less like me. Mm. And like, hey, <laughs> let's be real. We are supposed to be more like Jesus. Sure. Yeah. But God created us. He created me as a leader. He created me as more of an outspoken person. And I think what happens is as we start to learn truly who we are, we actually find Christ because Christ created us. We are built in the image of God. So yeah. when we actually start doing that introspective look on ourselves, we start realizing, hey, this is who God is within us. Now, again, hear me when I say like, we still need to be like Christ. That's part, that is it. But yeah. we can't just say, I don't want to be like me. I don't want to be who God created me. I don't want to be the person. But the person is who God created us. He, he didn't make us spiritual beings. Yeah. He made us human beings. Right. And I think it's really important to say, hey, you know, God, you created me to be a leader. And I'm going to be open to listening to you. So if God calls you to go be a follower for a season, go be a follower. Sure. I'm not telling you what to do. Um, but in my situation, I've said it several times since I've come back. Like, I don't want to be a leader because that, that was painful that was hard. One of the sergeants even said, he's like, heck no, I wouldn't have been a leader in, like when I was going through. He's like, everybody hates you. Um, and I just really feel like you don't hide what you have. Mm. You know, if God gave you a gift, step into that. Trust that God is going to smooth out your edges and yeah. he's going to smooth out that diamond. You know, 
diamonds are beautiful. Yeah. You know, and sometimes the, you know, they have to cut a bunch of stuff off of it to make it into that what it is and let certain things go. But yeah. it's still beautiful. Yeah. And when you also take a look at how a diamond's made, you know, mm -hmm. how beautiful is that? Yeah. Um, I forget where it talks about it, but it talks about um, making ashes mm -hmm. to, you know, and, and basically ash and carbon is basically the, the bottom, it's the, what is it, the, not the life form, the, um, the basic, like you can't get smaller than carbon. Yeah. Like you are, that's where you are. So when oh. we are, that is the basis thing. And when you put pressure onto that, mm. and when you start mixing those things together and then you create diamonds from that, like yeah. it doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter mm. if you're a bad leader or a good leader. Like God, God is going to meet you where you're at. Yep. Be smart, be wise, listen to yep. God. But yeah, don't hide your giftings yep. just because you're scared that you screwed something up. Right. That's good, man. I was, I was, um, I was listening to a podcast kind of pertaining to leadership and more of the political sphere the other day, and he was talking about business. And he said how a value proposition is something that you are, it's a, it's a value add. So you are basically helping someone in whatever scenario of life by bringing them value, right? And he related that to God has made the earth, right? It's just the world. So he made a tree, right? Humans took a tree and they made it into chairs or you know, a table or whatever, something big and beautiful. And the idea is there is something that we are adding on to that we're requ required to add on to that is inherently beautiful, but there's a bit of like kind of working out your salvation with fear and trembling, if you will, mm -hmm. and working through the hard stuff, the discipline, you know, the maybe some fear sometimes, things you're scared of in order to produce that thing into what it's supposed to become. And that, that includes yourself. Like, sure. That includes yourself because you've been given something amazing and every single person has been given something to steward to make into something beautiful. And that's when you actually provide value is when you've increased your own value. So that's good, dude. Yeah, it's leadership is like if I boiled everything down, leadership is hard, but leadership is needed. And I believe... I truly believe this outside of leading ourselves because again, everybody needs to lead themselves. They need to lead where they're at, whether that's their family, themselves, their relationship, if they're in a manager's position or a leadership position, that's all true. Yeah. But for those people who are actually in a leadership position over people, managing people, whatever, I truly believe that's calling. Hmm. And that is a, because it is not easy. And I yeah. really, I'm, I'm hitting this home. It's not glamorous, it's not easy. But if that's a calling you're called to, that's a beautiful ability yeah. because you have the ability to speak into people's lives. You have the ability to, to, you're really holding people's souls. You are saying, Hey, like, I mean, if you have control over some, not control over somebody, but if you, if you are leading somebody for a couple years, you have the ability to impact them, to yeah. teach them, Hey, this is what, you know, a, a dictator leader looks like, mm. or this is what a servant leader looks like. Yeah. And, and I really am just trying to hit it home that, we have the choice to lead and leadership's difficult. Hmm. But if that's where you're called to, it is such an incredible opportunity. Yeah. You need to take time to foster it. You need to you need to sink or swim. You need to take opportunities to learn to leave, uh, lead. And, and I think more than anything, you need to learn how to accept feedback, which mm. I did not do well. That's good. Like <laughs> I did not do feedback at all, but, yeah. but leaders need to learn feedback. If you can't ex cannot accept feedback, you will never be the leader that you need to be. Yep, yep. That's good. Good man. Well, I mean, that's all for my for my questions. Is there anything else that you want to talk about, maybe in some of your experience, or anything that's kind of been brewing on your mind pertaining to leadership? Or, hmm. 
Um, I would say, you know, if the, which I mean, Rev 5, obviously there's a lot of incredible things. I actually have a lot of friends who went through Rev 5, which I didn't, you know, it's funny that you got connected with them. Um, you know, as a teenager, I was involved in a bunch of different leadership stuff. Um, and I was really cocky um, and just didn't, it was good experiences. Um, but I would just encourage you if, if you if you want to lead, like find, find some mentors, mm. find some people that you respect, uh, whether they're in a leadership position or they're not, yeah. whether they run a business or not, find those people, connect with them, be like, hey, I just, I really enjoy the way that you interact with people. Would you be willing to sit down for a cup of coffee every two weeks or a week or monthly? And can I just pick your brain mm. and just hear about your life experiences? Because yeah. truly, it's our life experiences that we grow from and we learn from. And as a teenager, if I was going back through this, I wish I would have been connected you know, with Dave at that time because I would have sat down and been like, hey, now they're growing too, right? So, but I would have been able to sit down and be like, you know, I really respect how you talk to that person. Mm. Like, can you teach me how to do that? Can you yeah. teach me how to have a phone call and sound respectful in that phone call? Mm. Because again, leadership is about influence. If you, yeah. if people don't like you, it's, I mean, you don't have influence obviously. Right. Um, so I would just, yeah, I would just encourage any, you know, teenagers in that kind of specific thing, just connect with people. It's good. Connect with somebody. Doesn't yeah. matter if they're 10 years older. Doesn't matter if they're five years older. Doesn't matter if they're 50 years older. Connect with somebody. Start getting to know them and ask a lot of questions. Yeah, it's good, man. Awesome. Well, Caleb, it's been a pleasure. Um, if anyone wants to get a hold of you, maybe talk more, pick your brain about things, what's the best way to do that? Yeah, so you can, um, I'll give... Chris, I'll give you uh, all the stuff in the show notes or whatever, uh, but you can contact me via email uh, or Facebook, Instagram, I'll throw all those things on there. Love to connect with you if you're interested in the National Guard, if you're interested in the Air Force, I'd love to talk to you and connect you to some of my friends who are recruiters and whatnot. Um, or if you just wanna talk about leadership or you just, something with your story or my story connected with you, like feel free to get in touch. I love talking to people, so. Awesome. Thanks bro for your time, really appreciate it. And uh, that wraps up this episode. Thanks, guys. All right, that wraps up this episode. And if it's been helpful to you, please be sure to leave us a positive review and share it. And remember that banners are hailed at the beginning and medals are awarded at the end, but leaders are forged in the long, dark in-between. If you're leading, you're taking the greatest risk. Thanks for being a part of the podcast, and I'll talk to you again next time.